Hey, good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Come on, let me hear you. Good morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us, as Brian and Zoe said, welcome. So glad that you're here. Do us a favor and connect with us so that we can help move you to your next step. You have joined us today for the continuation of one of our favorite series, At the Movies. You excited? At the Movies, part two today. Um, where we take some of Blockbuster's biggest hits or some of the classics, and we pull out different life biblical principles to be able to encourage us. And so do me a favor, go ahead and open your popcorn, pop your Cokes, and get ready, and let's check out the movie we're looking at today. How many of you have seen Collateral Beauty? Raise your hand. Not many people have seen this movie, but I picked it for a reason. The, the synopsis of this movie is pretty much found in its name. When it says Collateral Beauty, that is the idea that you and I can search for and find the beauty in tragedy, the, the beauty in the hardship and the pain that we face in life. And when you follow Will Smith's character, Howard, he is, as the trailer says, he's the life of the party. He's everybody's best friend. He runs a great business. And then his child dies of a rare form of cancer. And you watch that totally wreck his life, flip his life upside down. And now all of a sudden, he's not who he used to be. And we watch throughout the movie as he kind of makes this journey of finding healing. And I wanted to pick it and I wanted to talk about it because sometimes I was actually talking to some people about this in between the first and second service, that sometimes we just kind of dismiss pain. We dismiss hurt. We dismiss the emotions and we're taught suck it up or, uh, you know, figure it out and just kind of move on versus really being able to stop and take in and absorb and embrace the idea that we are experiencing pain and suffering in life. Let me ask this. Have you ever found yourself asking the question, why am I going through this? Have you ever been experiencing something that was an unexpected or maybe even expected and it, it brought pain, it brought suffering, and as you're going through it, you're stepping back going, why, why me, right? Why, why am I going through this or why us? And maybe that question even moves into this question, why would God let this happen? You ever ask that? You experience some type of pain, some type of suffering in life, and your evaluation when it's all said and done is why would a God who is a good God and a loving God let this happen. Maybe you're here this morning and you lost a job. Maybe there was a friendship or a relationship that ended that you thought never would end. Maybe you've had news before of a health scare or a sickness. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a child. Maybe you lost a parent. You, you, there's been some type of moment in life. I think if all of us were to come together, we could tell stories of different moments where, where maybe we were young, maybe it was recent, where we experienced some type of pain and some type of suffering. Maybe it's not personal. Maybe it's worldwide, global. Maybe it's the war in Israel. Maybe whatever's going on that we would set back and go, why would a God who's loving, why would a God who's good let this happen? And you may have heard people talk about it like this before. Why would uh, God let bad things happen to good people? The truth is this, that life is tragic. Now, I know some of you are like, we didn't come to church for this depressing message, but, but it's something we have to talk about. It's something that I wish I could share with you what God did during first service, but you just watch people finding healing because we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to talk about that life is tragic, that there is, in fact, pain and suffering in this world. Every time I get the honor to sit down and, and talk with somebody from our church, I, I always find stories and moments in their life where there was pain and where there was suffering. 
I don't think there's anybody in this room that hasn't experienced it. And here's the truth, that even though that trouble may be temporary, the trauma that comes from that trouble can feel permanent. Watch this. When you're first introduced to Howard, Howard is the life of the party. He's the best friend everybody's ever had. And then he has this life-altering experience. He loses his daughter. And then he's a shell of himself from that point forward. You'll see that he doesn't talk to anybody. He goes to work, but he doesn't work. His business is falling apart. His friends feel like they don't have a relationship with him anymore. His entire life has been wrecked. And whether or not we want to pretend like it doesn't, no one comes through suffering unchanged. No one experiences pain and suffering without being altered. I shared in the first service, there's a movie, different movie, Equalizer, where Denzel Washington says there's pain that hurts and there's pain that alters. And when we experience true pain and suffering, it, 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 it impacts us. We, we walk differently. We talk differently. Suffering will always force us to move in one direction or the other. Sometimes the impact that pain has on us can be good. Sometimes we learn how to channel that pain and how to assign purpose to that pain, and it's a positive change. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by it, and we don't know how to face it, and we don't know how to navigate it, and it's a negative change. But regardless, pain always leaves us changed. I remember when I was a young kid, and my mom would constantly iron clothes, and I would watch her because there was something about the iron that always got my attention. It almost looked like a, a space object or something. You know, it was shooting out steam and all this, and it was somehow making wrinkled clothes straight. I couldn't figure it out. And, and, and so I, I just wanted to touch it, right? And she would say, you can't touch this. It's hot. And she would say it over and over again. And you guys know when you tell a kid not to do something, they what? They want to do it. And so the first second that she just walked away for a moment, I took advantage of it and I ran up and I put, took my pointer finger and I touched the metal part of the iron and it hurt really, really bad. And from that point forward, I've never touched an iron since. Part because I'm intelligent, right? <laughs> but the other part of it is because pain alters. Pain changes you. When something happens that's pain or suffering, all of a sudden you act different. Some of us, because of the pain and suffering we've experienced, we feel like we may never love again. Some of us, because of the pain or the suffering we've experienced, we feel like we may never be able to have an intimate relationship again. That we'll never really be able to, to open up to somebody or to be vulnerable. Some of us feel like we'll never be able to pray again. We'll never be able to believe in God again. Because something has happened and it was unfair and it was unexpected and we can't quite wrap our minds around it. And because pain alters, we wonder, will we ever be able to have a family again? Will we ever be able to get out of the bed without feeling depressed again? Will we ever be able to feel like ourselves again? No matter what happens, suffering alters us. The important part is to be able to understand that suffering is unavoidable. Now, I know that's not good news, but walk with me. Suffering is basically inevitable. In, in, sorry, inevitable. It's going to happen. And we may not always perceive God's presence during our hardship, but we have to believe that God promised us he'd be there. Right. That if, listen, if pain's inevitable... There's no hope in that. 
We don't get excited about that. But here's what's exciting about being a believer in Jesus Christ, that even though pain is inevitable, God will be with us in it. Even when it doesn't feel like he's there, he's there. I could tell you story after story after story where it was the pain. It was when the pain rise that I realized he was with me the entire time. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus has been preparing his disciples for his absence. He's been letting them know, hey, I've got to go. And he understands that that's going to really create anxiety and worry in the disciples because it's real easy to get through hard times when Jesus is physically right here. But now he's leaving. And he starts prepping his disciples for his absence. And in John 16, verse 33, he says this. He says, I have told you all of this. Why, Jesus? Why have you told me all this? I've told you all of this. Watch this. So that you may have peace in me. So that you will understand that even though I'm not physically here, you can still have peace in me even as I go on. He goes on to say, and I love this. He says, hey, here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrow. He doesn't say one. He doesn't say there might be a moment. He says you will, which is guaranteed, inevitable, have many, which is more than one. You will have many trials and sorrows, but he immediately follows it up with, but hey, take heart. It's okay because I, Christ, have overcome the world. He says, you can put your peace in me because I'm not of this world. Because all of your worries and all of your hardship and all of your pain is limited to this world. And I'm not of this world and I've overcome this world. And so you can put your peace in me. I think one of my favorite things about that verse is that Jesus doesn't sugarcoat Christianity. Jesus doesn't feel like he has to trick us into following him, that if he pretends like by us being Christians, we'll never experience hardship or pain, then all of a sudden we'll choose to follow him. Jesus says, hey, up front, look, no fine print. Up front, this is going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to experience pain. You're going to experience sorrow. You're going to experience suffering. But don't worry, you're not alone in the process. I'm here with you. When we fail to trust God in our pain and in our suffering, we'll actually find ourselves blaming him for it instead of worshiping him through it. You ever been there? You've been experiencing some type of pain and some type of suffering, and you were quicker to blame him for it. God, why? Then we were to lean in with him through it. Everything, everything that is hard, everything that seems wrong, every moment of pain, every moment of suffering, listen to me, in our lives is a divine invitation for us to turn to God. Let me say it again so you can grasp it. Every hardship in your life, every painful moment, every moment that seems wrong, that seems hard, is a divine invitation for you to turn from what you're experiencing and run to God. It was when Paul or Saul's eyes were blinded that the Bible says he went to God. He heard, he saw God. It was when he was blinded on the road to Damascus. It was when Hagar was under the tree getting ready to take her last breath that the Bible says that she saw God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the prodigal son. And at one point, he's run away from the father and he's living on his own. The Bible says he's actually eating out of a pig's pen. And then this famine hits. And I remember looking at it going, really? Does he, does he need that on top of everything else that now he's got to get a famine? And one day I was reading it and I felt the Lord show me that it was the famine that led him to the father. 
that if he doesn't experience pain, if he doesn't experience suffering at a different level, he just remains in the pit pen. That for some of us, it's the painful moment, it's the suffering moment that actually wakes us up and leads us back to the Father. And when we understand that that's the purpose of the pain, then all of a sudden we can start to put faith in it. Troubled times awaken us, watch this, from self-sufficiency. They awaken us from this idea of, I got it, I'll fix it, I'll figure it out, I'm a man, I'm strong enough, this is what I do, I'll make it happen. When troubled times, when real pain comes, it shakes things up, and this idea of us being able to figure it out and fix it on our own is done, and it drives us to search for something greater than ourselves. That God would use the pain. Watch, he's not the cause of it, but the Bible says he takes what the enemy meant for bad and he turns it for good. He takes what the enemy meant to destroy you and he flips it around and it embraces and empowers you to pursue God. To stop trying to fix it on your own and to be broken before a God who can, in fact, fix it. Watch this. It's such a powerful moment where Howard says, I'm trying to fix my mind. I've gone through pain and I've gone through suffering and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to fix me. And that moment where they're asking him his daughter's name and he's shaking his head. Can't. You ever been in a moment where you're trying to fix your pain? And no matter how hard you try, you're not succeeding. You know, suffering is one of the biggest reasons that people will turn around and resist or reject God. Something happens that they don't understand, and something happens that they can't wrap their mind around, and they can't connect a God who loves them to a God that would let that happen. And so because of a result of that, it, they, they begin to resist them. They begin to reject them. But what's interesting is it's also one of the most common reasons that people come to know God. Because at some point, there's a moment where all of a sudden it's outside of your control. You've tried your friends and you've tried your family and you've tried every worldly, every substance and every medication. And you've tried all these different things to, to try to fix the pain. All you've really done is numb it. And it's only a matter of time until it shows its head again. And you're at a point of just complete abandonment and complete surrender. And people run to God every day saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I like how C.S. Lewis says it. He says, God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. God's love, his mercy, his presence is the loudest in our pain. My, my most life-changing moments have not come in moments where everything was good. But recognizing God's presence when everything is bad. We have this couple in our church that, I don't know, about a year ago, they lost their baby. Precious little girl. And uh, we walked through them, with them through that and the first Sunday, they were going to name the baby girl Caitlin. And the first Sunday that they were back in church, it happened to be Baptism Sunday. 
and they sat on the second row right there. If you've been here for baptism Sunday, I'll call out the name of the next person getting baptized. And it just so happened that a young lady who's now one of our dream team members named Caitlin was getting baptized. And the couple were on the second row and their eyes were closed and they were praying. And all of a sudden they hear my voice say, Caitlin. And the wife opened up her eyes and she looked towards the ceiling in a sense of praying to God in this pink piece of confetti came falling and landed right in her hand. That confetti had been up there for over a year. Why that day? Why that moment? Because God shouts in our pain. Because the Bible says he draws near to the brokenhearted. You see, our hope was never going to be found in understanding why things happen. Because that's what we want, right? God, show me why. What's the reason for this hardship? Because we believe and we think, and it's, it's incorrect that we'll find some type of peace and some type of hope if we can just know why. But our hope is not in why. Our hope is in knowing that God is with us in it. And watch this. And that if we allow him, God will assign a purpose to it. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and there's persecution happening. There's so many things happening. And the Apostle Paul comes in and watch this. He says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and watch this, and the God of all comfort. The God who of all comfort then comforts us in our troubles. Why? So that we can then comfort those that are in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. Here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, God is the God of comfort, and he comes into our life, and he comforts us so that you and I can go and help him comfort other people through the comfort that he comforted us with. It's the Apostle Paul's remix tape. You know what I mean? It's us being able to wrap our mind around the idea that if we allow God, not only will he be with us in our pain, not only will he walk with us through our pain, but he will take what the enemy meant for bad. He'll take what he thought was going to discourage you and get you off the track and spin it around and use it for the purpose of God to help other people. God comforts us so that we can comfort others. God grants us mercy so that we can be merciful to others. God stands wholeheartedly with us in our suffering so that we can stand wholeheartedly with others who are suffering. God never leaves us alone in our suffering so that we won't leave others alone in theirs. Many of you know that a couple weeks ago I got the privilege to go preach a youth revival in Oklahoma. And my family and I were on vacation the days leading up, and Scout preached the Sunday that we were gone. And if you were here, you heard a little bit of his testimony. And when I was in Oklahoma, I'm on stage, hundreds of students. And in the middle of my, I had taken that Matt is a message series and youthified it and changed it a little bit. And in the middle of the message, I just felt the Spirit of God lean on my heart to tell, the tes tell Scout's testimony. 
And so I started kind of walking through the details of the day I met him and some of the conversations we've had throughout our journey. I set up his whole testimony that you heard if you were here dealing around drugs. And, and then I got to the end and, and I said, and me and my wife were gone this past weekend on vacation and Scout was preaching at our church and people got saved. And it was just this amazing, amazing moment. And the, this time is up, the altar time's over and I'm walking around meeting some of the kids and this young lady comes up to me. She couldn't have been 16, 17 years old and she's shaking. And she says, I used to be addicted to opioids. And she said, for 40 days, I was in a rehab situation. And as soon, when I got out of the rehab situation, I came to this church. And she said, tonight, I've given my heart to Jesus. And I got to see Scout at our small group Friday night. And say, bro, you weren't even there. <laughs> you were preaching in a whole other state. You were probably eating pizza on the couch in Long John's, and your, your testimony is changing people's lives. The pain that you went through, the suffering that you went through, God's purposed it, and he's changing people's lives. Now, I understand that it's difficult for us to understand that when we're the one suffering. It's hard to hear good news when you're still hurting. But in the midst of our struggles and in the storms of life, all we think about is when will it end, right? But if we will trust God and give it to God, he will assign a purpose to our pain. Watch this. Hey, would you stand with me? had a lot of privileges as a pastor. My favorite is moments like this. I can't identify your pain. I can't label it. But I can point you to the one who can heal you. There was something in that moment where he just finally admitted it. Where he just finally let it go. And I'm talking to every person that you've been carrying this thing and you've been holding on to this thing 
and you're either convinced you can fix it or you think time will fix it. And you've been resisting that moment of just saying, you know what, God, I'm done. I'm done trying to be big enough. I'm done trying to be strong enough. And I need you to heal me. Holy Spirit, we pray you'd have your way in this place right now. That Jesus, like only you can do, that you right now would just begin to draw near to broken hearts. I want to read a verse to you, and I just want to give us a second to pray. It says in Matthew chapter 5, it's the Beatitudes. This is the message paraphrase. It says, you're blessed when you are at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you don't have anything else left to do but just to let it go. Because with less of you, there's more of God. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Because only then and only then can you be embraced by the one who's most dear to you. Every eye closed, I just want to take a few moments. I want to invite you. We're going to, we're going to open up the altars. We're going to have some prayer partners down here. You don't have to come. You can stay in your seat, but we're just fixing to have a moment of, of allowing the Holy Spirit to bring supernatural healing. To just give you an opportunity to cry a little bit, to be open, to hit your knees, to surrender, to say, God, I'm done trying to fix this on my own. Come on, if that's you, lean into this moment. Whether you need prayer, if you need prayer, you want somebody to pray with you, come here, we'll pray with you. But even in your seat right now, just lean into this moment. Say, God, I need you. I've been carrying this. It's painful. It's suffering. And I need, I need to be able to admit it. I need to be able to be open right now. And Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I'm done. Come on, tell Say, I'm done. I'm done. And allow his grace and his mercy to come in. The Bible says, I'm not making this up. The Bible says he draws near to the brokenhearted. He's in this place. Oh, Holy Spirit, right now, Father, would you just do what only you can do? We give this to you. We give this time to you. We give this prayer time to you. We give this altar time to you. That, Father, you would do what only you can do.